welcome back to Scarves Only Know with two very special guests. Would you yes. like to introduce yourselves? Me first? Okay, I'm Alanis. Um, yes, I like the Beach Boys. I've started listening to them now and I'm a fan. I'm also a fan of the Scarves, obviously. So, yeah. And obviously. then I also want to excuse um, my angle because I'm on my iPad and the camera, like, it's a really big iPad. So, like, the camera's, like, really far away. So, that's for the YouTube watchers. That's why my, like, <laughs> I'm, like, really awkwardly cropped right now. Yeah. You're a professional podcaster yes. already, Alanis. <laughs> <laughs> the composition. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm Jack Perry, and I'm a, a big Beach Boys fan. I'm no expert at all, but there's a lot of nostalgia with them because their greatest hits album is my mom's Desert Al- Desert Island album. So I've I grew up like around the, the that that vibe of their music. Um, but I'd never heard of this album or actually any of the songs in this album before I listened to it for this. So it was all new. Wow. That is a big that deal about, then. About your mom, Jack. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was just telling Tom and I told Jenny too that I personally know about the Beach Boys. Like, I grew up knowing who they were because I watched Full House all throughout my childhood. And John Stamos apparently has like some connection to the Beach Boys that I don't really understand. So you guys could clear that up for me what the connection is. But yeah. I don't know the connection. He just showed up. <laughs> he he like plays with them now or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah me neither. I, we should do like a Stamos episode or maybe we'll try to dissect get him, him. On the show or something. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't know if he'll ever say yes though. <laughs> Actually, the my high school's speech and debate coach's son-in-law is John Stamos. So he married and he married an alum from my high school. That's cool. Okay. What was the connection? Your my debate. My high school's debate coach's son-in-law is John Samos. Gotcha. Wow. I never talked to the speech and debate coach in my life, but hmm. I'll do what so it takes to get it John might on this. Happen, guys. Yeah, basically. Wow. Basically, that's what's happening. Imagine if you actually got John Samos on Starzone. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yeah, we were also joking. My mom and I were joking about like getting the cast for Love and Mercy to, to join the show. <laughs> that would be a, a very difficult task, I think. Um, I think we could do it. No, I think we could do it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if our connections pull through. <laughs> Jenny, do you want to introduce the album and kind of say why we have these special guests for this album it's kind of obvious but I don't know. yes this album is called friends and we invited our friends on um so basically that's what's going on um i honestly don't know, don't know too much history about it. it came out in 1968 i think um and i read that brian wilson dubbed it his second so like unofficial solo album meaning that he took a lot of these songs. Well, he like produced he they're all his stuff basically. Um and his yeah, after after pet, pet sounds, sounds. Yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I read that he even used like session musicians for some of the songs. So, I mean, I'm not sure, are the Beach Boys, like, do they play their instruments or are they just like singers? I don't know, I don't know. So I listened to your first podcast, the last interview, and I sent Tom um, this thing that I saw a documentary on. It's this group of people called the Wrecking Crew, and they were the musicians. I have a list of um, what they did, but they did the recording for a whole bunch of um, 60s artists and some 70s artists, but they recorded all the instruments for Beach Boys, the Monkees, um, Simon and Garfunkel a lot, um, the Birds, some Elvis. It's a it's crazy list, and they're all just normal, regular people, but they're just these fantastic musicians who never really got a lot of recognition because their music is a different band's music that's released under their name, you know? Right, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just slight credits, which might appear, like, on the folds of the albums, but, mm-hmm. like, not mainstream, and it's, yeah. I really want to watch the documentary about the Wrecking Crew, but... Uh, that's very cool that y- you like. Th- have you seen the doc, Jack? Or did you- I saw it a long, long time ago? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, there's lots of session. So I read that this. I mean, just getting into some of the history, I guess. Now, I mean, I'll probably edit it around later. But like the some of the session, there there were more session musicians on this album than their previous two albums, which were Wild Honey and Smiley Smile. But this record doesn't have more session musicians that, like, during their typical, like, Beach Boys era, which was, like, 62 to 65-ish, I think, like, pre-Pet Sounds. Like, anything up to Beach Boys Today, which was our first episode, like, tons of session musicians. There's lots of stuff going on. But, yeah, they did also play there. Like, um, Dennis was their drummer. Brian was their bassist. Like they had their parts, kind of similar to the Beatles, but um, they did also have a lot of orchestral stuff and guest guitarists, guest drummers sometimes. I read like some names on this record. Also, interestingly, just to like drop in, uh, Jim Gordon plays drums as well as Murray Wilson, their dad, their abusive dad, comes back to sing on what track <laughs> in the morning so why why though is there do you know the story with that why that well happened? they fired him as their manager as we found out last time. wait so the abusive dad is it daddy wilson like is it brian and dennis's dad or he yeah he's brian are they brothers i i mean i'm assuming because they have the same like, last name yeah the wilsons okay. are all brothers um, Mike Love is their cousin, and Al Hardeen was a friend, I think. Oh, so they're family. Like, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, it's except Mike thing. Love always looks like old AF next to them for some reason. Like, whenever yeah. I see their their album, like, or their pictures, it's like a bunch of children, and then Mike Love, who <laughs> is, looks like a 40-year-old man. Isn't it crazy how, like, Brian, like, I want to say Paul McCartney, Bob Dylan, maybe Bruce, Jack. I'm not sure. They're all kind of around the same age. They're all like mm-hmm. about 80 now. And they're all like, you know, maybe one, two, three years from each other. I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm, not sure about Bruce, but yeah, he Bruce might be is younger. Similar. 
Well, he yeah. he's was very he was twenty five and seventy five, I think something like that. So he he used like the Beatles and Beach Boys were started a lot earlier than he did. He started in got his big break in the mid seventies. So right, yeah. And this is like in terms of the Beach Boys, like sixty eight. Um, it's like turning into the seventies, which is a whole different era. Stuff that I really like that we're gonna talk about over the course of this show, um, but n- not stuff at all that they're known for. Like they're known for the sixties pop, the pet sounds, but there's a whole decade after that kind of got forgotten. And that's kind of where they showed that they were just as good as the Beatles production wise and like had, you know, maybe not as great so- as memorable songs and they weren't as successful. Are you talking about Kokomo? Because I swear to God, I will not take any more slender from you on Kokomo. Okay. Okay. I think, I'm, I think I'm having a change of heart. Okay. <laughs> I've had arguments with Jenny about Kokomo, but. But yeah, that more against Kokomo. I used to be against it, but I'm starting to like it a little bit more. I don't know. Is that an album or a band? It's a song. It's a song. We'll send it to you. It's a very like travel-y kind of song because they're just listing places. (laughs) Yeah. You've definitely heard of this one. It's so good. Ugh. Yeah. It's a very Beach Boys song, but also... I feel like all of Beach Boys music, from what I've heard, is very, like, vacation-y, summer. I mean, I guess it's Beach Boys, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But Kokomo is next level. You have to listen to the Kokomo Philharmonic version. It's really silly, actually. They got chimes and stuff. It's good. What record was that on? Because I don't even know. It's on the Philharmonic thing, I don't know. It might be an 80s one. It is 80s, yeah. Okay. Wait, they were still a band in the 80s? Yeah, they, they got kind of goofy. They, Yeah, they were around for a long time. That's actually, my uncle saw them in, I want to say, 85 or 86. Mm. And oh, Yeah, Lydia literally saw them like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the fair. Oh, yeah. Was with them in the 80s when they played, which is the weirdest thing. Like, he's been with them. So, we need to figure out what his situation is. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe he's just a mystery forever. (laughs) Yeah. But there's so much because they were around, they were making albums much longer than the Beatles. Um, And yeah. Like before or? Like after, I mean. Oh, okay. yeah, before, uh, probably around the same time, I would say, I can't remember. I think Beatles were like a year or two before. Um, with Please Please Me. I, I don't know what year it was. It might have been 62. Friends. We're here with our friends. We're going to get into it. Side one. Oh, also, just another preface. This album is 25 minutes long. <laughs> That's like oh, yeah, really short. Like, a lot of the songs are, like, less than two minutes, or less than three minutes, at least. Yeah, and I wanted a lot of them to be longer. Particularly this first track, Meant For You, which is 38 seconds. Are, like, interludes, or they feel like interludes, at least. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's my only note for the first track. It's like, wow, what a great tone setter. I want this to be longer. Like it could be a whole song, but it's just yeah. 
instead of singular harmony. Yeah, there were. operate as like a tone setter in the f- fact that it is so short. I think though, because yeah, like what five tracks are less than two minutes on this. Um, maybe so, yeah, it's but... as long as it needs to be. Oh. That's exactly what I wrote down in my little notes about it. Um, and there were like one or two more where I said I like the vibe of this. Could have used more vocals or something. But yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. I think now it's so interesting in my research because I, when I listen to it, I'm like, "Where is Brian?" Because I don't hear his like high Brian voice as much as Pet sounds. Um, but he's all over it apparently. Like in terms of the history, like he considers this his second solo album, which is crazy. Like considering the whole Smile stuff. Um, Smile was supposed to be the follow-up to Pet Sounds, and it never happened. It turned mm-hmm. into Smiley Smile, which had good vibrations and, you know, like, hits, but it wasn't... It would have proved, like, huge, like, music status, but anyway. So, Brian is the lead singer, right? They kind of share the lead part. It depends. Yeah, they're kind of like... They operate kind of like a choir sometimes. Oh, yeah. I think this track was probably one of my favorites. Um <laughs> Um, because I don't know, I it like played it for the first time, and then it reminded me kind of about this, like the sound of the zombies at first, kind of just like simple vocal over simple arrangement, and then it turned into like the like heroes and villains, like like weird like bubbly vocals, which I also really like. So yeah, and then I did look into if there was a longer version and the original version was like longer than a minute i think it was called something else and it included like a verse about puppies so what when are they gonna drop that is my question i read that there was they, they dropped the demos for this album in 2018 i didn't have time to listen to them hmm. hopefully i will someday but maybe that's where it is i don't know maybe i'll leave um, around yeah good Good track, um, good track one right off the bat. Jenny, Jenny's favorite track, perhaps. Well, that's one of them. One of them. We haven't yeah, gotten to I the others. Album for the first time, like I was like gonna heart all the ones, uh, like my favorite ones, um, on Spotify, and then like it ended way before I could heart it. So oh, I was yeah. like, it should be way longer. Yeah. yeah, actually, that's so true. You don't even have time. The song's over before you can literally the library. <laughs> uh, Friends, track number two, the title track. Brian's favorite, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. I, you know, gotta have them. Gotta have friends. Um, that being said, I didn't really like it. Mm, <laughs> wow. Sorry, guys. It was fine. I said it was sweet, and I wrote down one lyric that I that stuck out. I couldn't tell how I felt about it, but he said, "I talked your folks out of making you cut off your hair," because it started getting super. It started off a little more generic and just about having a friends in general, and then it got super specific, and it was no longer. That's the Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it kind of took me out of it. Just weird. Um, I think it was. I think it's interesting because I feel like most bands in the '60s were making songs. Like most of their songs were like sex and drugs, and then this, and then the Beach Boys are like, "I love the beach. I love my friend and my wife and having a kid." Like, <laughs> yeah, 
and especially That's... like we'll get into when a, the the track you know when a man needs a woman which you know mm. that's a crazy <laughs> one but i think as we get into the late 60s and the 70s something i've heard come up again and again like in sunflower and love you which like followed up in the next few years they're they're becoming fathers and they're like they're starting families and you, you, all over this album i see family life and i see like friends and i see like relaxation and and not really the mundaneness of like everyday life but just like the slice of life it's just like so many of these tracks what i like about this album is it's so concise and it's just like hot steamy day like just sitting around doing nothing like yeah it feels like a young spiritual family man is telling you about like his daily life in sunny california to me yeah. that's yeah and i like that. yeah the beach boys is just like growing up with them through their little slices of life yeah seriously and i think influences are very present on this record more so than any other because finally it's like it's like 1968 and a lot of other pop you know simon and garfunkel crosby stills nash um uh kind of folky stuff is starting to get really popular which i think is kind of heard in this record as well as what's really cool i think is you can hear how some of this stuff went on to influence stuff um i don't know if anyone in here is like a tyler the creator fan but this song i love tyler it it reminded me of are we still friends just like Mm. through the melody i don't know if it if he had ever heard the song but yeah i also wanted to point out that um i feel like the beach boys and the beatles like they were like releasing albums that kind of like felt like a conversation between them because like beatles released rubber soul and then they like beach boys reply with pet sounds and then i think beatles reply with sergeant pepper and then like this one feels i mean to me i feel like it feels very sergeant pepper vibes like i don't know if they like i don't i don't think i read that they were like that they explicitly said that they were influenced by like sergeant pepper but like it definitely like feels like that you know they definitely yeah i was thinking about that when i heard the tuba in um yeah the world. I, <laughs> that was literally in my notes like, <laughs> Wow. Like the world got the Beatles fans awoken with that's a good <laughs> a good transition into Wake the World track three, a minute mm-hmm. twenty-eight seconds. Um, this one I wrote I just said I would take a morning walk with this song playing in my earbuds. Just a good kind of soft vibe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very Lovely feel good. Morning. Very mm-hmm. lilting. Yeah. Um and it's very uh I wrote down when I'm sixty-four as a Mm. note so that's what it reminded me of um not a fan of the really abrupt fade out of the song i feel like this album there are a lot of like really abrupt fade outs at the end of songs um they're only they don't really conclude they just kind of like "Eh." Mm -hmm. that's it it's a good track it's definitely gets cut off but um wake the world was um it's a very good good morning tune i yeah i similar similarly to jack would play it in the morning and i think especially um, at the beach 
Yes. <laughs> the beach. Always any at the beach. These, any of these tunes. I think, like, the track four, Be Here in the Morning, is, like, a great... It kind of goes with the last song because it's a follow-up. I think of it as, like, the afternoon and evening. Even mm. though it's about Be Here in the Morning, the lyrics are, like, um, talking about, like, how the rest of the day went. And so I kind of think of it as all one day. Like, that mm. track three, Wake the World, is, like, waking up in the morning. You're going, you're getting off. And then track four is Be Here in the Morning. Um, there was one part, I was I was really into the vibe and the melody of this one. And then kind of in the middle-ish, a little more past that, it gets really slow and really quiet. And it just completely changes the song. And I, I thought it was a different song at first, and then it comes back to the regular part of this. So it really, it just kind of interrupted what it, it bugged, had going for it. It bugged your vibe. It bugged my vibe very much it also bugged my vibe a little bit <laughs> um i was like i was really digging it at first because i was like okay vocals and then i think there was like uh, some kazoos happening the voice effects and then um got a little weird and then it got like kind of eerie at some parts like i don't know like when those parts happen with the melody and like the vocals it got really kind of scary and in my mind i was imagining like a Jack Stauber stop motion animation short. Um, and then it gets like all Hawaiian at the end again. And that reminds me where it started. So now I'm just like disgruntled. <laughs> like, yeah. God. This is but... the first track that I really like, kind of liked, like for its feel, I guess. Um, but yeah, I liked it as a follow-up track, like, paired with the other one, like, trying to think of it as a whole. But yeah, I, I do agree with these faults that are present. Yeah, I feel like even, I do agree that it's, like, that it, like, kind of meshes with the previous song, but I feel like the whole album kind of feels like it's a non-stop song. Like, if you listen, like, it's just that cohesive. Like, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's so short and it just keeps going. And then we get to five, when a man needs a woman. Crazy. <laughs> Wait, one last thing I want to say about uh, oh, yeah. in the morning um, is that I like that it's like, like even though this whole album is kind of like, I don't think it's a bad thing, but the whole album is kind of like wholesome American family propaganda, but like not in a bad <laughs> way, you know, like in a cute way, I guess. Um, in a camp way. Okay. Yeah, you can still tell that there's like in their hippie era because they mention a shit ton of like meditation things. Like, and then be here in the morning. I think they say something about like I light up my incense, and it's like, and then like I I don't know. It's just I wish really you were home. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. It's so hippie. Yeah. <laughs> no, I felt that too. Um, Good. Point. Anyways, when a man needs a woman. Yeah, back to the family. Yeah. <laughs> um, this... I think I just like accidentally referenced like a probably a conservative uh whatever. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, I I wrote okay, so this song, looking at the lyrics, um, I was reminded of this TikTok I saw a long time ago where there was this musician and he was showing before and after he had a kid how his music had changed. And before he was trying to be a lot more 
poetic existential big ideas like very every lyric had to mean something and then after you had a baby it was like talking about mr alligator and mrs giraffe and just super <laughs> simple things and it was about just showing how when you are starting a family and have a new kid it changes the way you see things because you're because they are seeing things for the first time in a very simple way and the parents um it rubs off on them so his writing just became about seeing very simple playful joyful things and i think that kind of shows in this where the lyrics are super simple just like family of three wait nine months for a bundle of joy there's a baby there's a baby about to be born like it's just it's it feels like he's already in that mindset of you know how the kid will impact him totally yeah yeah definitely i like and... this song a lot it's so like it's goofy but it's it works like it's like the the organ that just the like organs right after i love the organ like right after when a when a man needs a woman they make things like you my son which is like such a funny way like it's just like what we were saying last time like it's like this is not how i would think about ever wording anything like especially when like th this is the reason for babies it's because a man needs a woman and so that's why babies are like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of, not just as like a, a like song for his son but i also saw it like as a love song like it feels like it's something that he would be saying to his baby but he's actually saying it so that his wife hears it and is like i don't you know what i mean like i don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, fun fact, um, connecting back to our last episode when we talked about how he had a thing for the sisters. Oh. Um, yeah, he was married to Marilyn. This is actually related to his pregnancy, or Marilyn's pregnancy. Um, and they actually ended up with a daughter. So clearly he was expecting a son in this song, but yeah, um, sweet nonetheless. Daughter. <laughs> yeah, oh, but just... Yeah, continuing the storyline of their relationship, he this is when they are pregnant and waiting for child. In our speculation, it was awkward. <laughs> uh, anything else on this track or should we move on? Okay. I'm good to go. Passing <laughs> by. Track number six is passing by. It's an this song is literally just vibes. Just instrumental track. Yeah. yeah. I said could have used some more vocals or just some some duopy sort of things. Yeah, could have benefited from that. Uh, Spotify, if you listen to like on Spotify, you can see the lyrics, and for some reason, it does have lyrics, even though like you can't hear them, like. It there has are the lyrics for Anali, I think. I think I was. Oh, does it? Too. it okay. was like a I'm dumb. No, no, it because I noticed it too. I was like, what? Because I thought it was an instrumental. I think it's a typo in the, in their on their part. in the code. Yeah, but I all I wrote was vibes also, mm. and like, yeah, I don't know. It's funny that this track is longer than just about all of the other tracks with words, except for friends. Yeah. That's great. I think I will have to disagree with uh, your side on the vocals, though, Jack, because I was very pleased with how the vocals didn't distract from the instruments or the arrangement. I like how how integral or integral um, 
like instrumentals tracks are to the Beach Boys discography. So I like that they let the instruments speak and how the vocal is just kind of like a compliment to that this time. Because I feel like sometimes I get a little tired of their choir harmonies where it's just like a brick of vocals kind of like ac- accenting every line. Yeah. Um, so well, I like it so when their many. other facets are showed off a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they only have so many like background sounds like during like they got the bops, they got the yeah. oohs, the ahs, the oohs, and mm-hmm. maybe a few others. I, they have a lot. Okay, I love their backup vocals. <laughs> it it is interesting that there's two that there's a couple instrumental tracks on this record, especially for how short it is. Like the fact that they fit all this on is pretty marvelous to me. Um, and then track, and then going into side two, we have the first track, uh, Annalie the Healer. Anna this one's my favorite musically. So cool. Yeah, I like it. I'm not gonna lie though, I did think it was about a prostitute, but I read <laughs> officially, like one of them, I'm not sure which one, went to Rishikesh at the same time as the Beatles, I think, and he was massaged by a masseuse <laughs> called Annalie, and then <laughs> that's the healers, so it's not a- about a prostitute. Yes. Yeah, another Beatles, I was reading, like, the Reddit, Beach Boys Reddit, and they they were comparing it to the Beatles song Doc Robert on Revolver, which apparently has a bunch of sexual innuendos I never noticed. Um... I also didn't notice on this song, so maybe I'm just like a little boy. But no, I think that was like the first thing I was weird. thinking about when I, I heard these lyrics, man. I didn't really? think about that, but I was reminded of a different song. I was I thought of um the Mighty Quinn by Manfred Mann. That song where they're talking about this Eskimo, just because they're they're talking about this very specific faraway character. Um, so I didn't think of any sexual things. I just thought of. Like the, this this character that they the writers encounter and they want to share that story. Yeah, that's cool. I never heard that song. Yeah, Dylan. I feel like the Beach Boys like they don't really allude to much. Like they literally just like say what's going on. It's very their songs are very like straightforward storytelling. <laughs> Sometimes that translates into really blunt and oddly profound statements in the middle of like fluff. Um. But yeah, I just think it's a Beach Boys specialty to just say words that actually mean what they mean. So Yeah, there was not a lot of analyzing to be done in most of these songs. Like, they just say things as they are. Like, I definitely <laughs> overthought the the whole Annalie thing. Um, but yeah. Yeah. But cool track. Definitely. 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 Also... Like, start side two, great. And I will say, I prefer side two, and I love side two. Like, pretty much, like, every track on side two. Um, Little Bird is track two. This is a song that Dennis wrote. And also what I mentioned. Um, This is awkward now, because I said Little Bird is my least favorite on the whole album. Okay, okay, wait. I literally, like, (laughs) re-listened to the song over and over again for, like, like five times and i could not for the life of me come up with something to say about it (laughs) literally all i wrote was kind of my least favorite and that was the only note i put for it (laughs) 
Uh, my only note is that I read that it's spiritual, supposedly. <laughs> my note is that it sounds like I should like it because it's very groovy and then it kind of ends on like a bluegrassy note. But I don't really like it, which is weird. So <laughs> I guess I'm the odd one out. That's okay. Um, you know, someone yeah. has to like it. Songwriting, it's not I guess it's not as interesting. It's about a bird that looked up at Dennis. Uh, supposedly well the bird was singing and it was very profound but i like the structure of it musically it's it goes somewhere it's not i feel like the the chorus um with when the horns kick in is very triumphant and it reminds me of a chicago song which i thought about how special it is because chicago's first record was 69 or 70 so this probably influenced them, but this it totally sounds like a Chicago song. And I know there's a relationship there too because Brian Wilson has toured with Chicago um in recent years. So I don't know if Oh wait, like whoa. I just realized my one of my sister's friend's dad's plays in Chicago. <laughs> what? Jenny, um, you're connected. I, well, I didn't oh. I literally don't like I learned this literally yesterday because my dad was talking about it. I found out because my sister saw the driver era at the Greek theater like a couple nights ago. And then who's she seeing now? Who's she seeing now? Yeah. Didn't you say you have to drive your sister to a concert? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. She's like always at concerts. She's like, it's like a bunch of high school bands in LA. Oh. Um, but yeah, she saw the driver era at the Greek theater, and then she was like, "Oh yeah, Gabby's dad played at the Greek theater once." And then my my dad was like, "Oh, Chicago, yeah." And then he always makes sure to say that he's not really a big fan of their stuff. Um, <laughs> like, okay, we get it. But um, he's like, "Yeah, I no, like it's great that they're doing that though." <laughs> yeah, Chicago, you know, they're 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 all right. They're they've got some great songs, in my opinion, but. Mm -hmm. You know, Where I don't know them that well. I hope they're from Chicago. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be awkward if they weren't. It's so short for guess. Chicago Transit Authority. So, yeah, I'm guessing they're all from my area. <laughs> um, yeah, but Little Bird, I guess I'll be the only advocate for it. Definitely check it out. Um, I think I, I just remembered, I think I thought when I read the lyrics, like, this is kind of giving Three Little Birds by Bob Marley. And that brings an interesting discussion, because I'm wondering, did you guys grow up, like, when you went to the beach, was your beach music the Beach Boys, or, like, what did you guys play? Because at least for me, my parents would always play Bob Marley when we were at the beach. Like, that was the designated singer. We were a Beach Boys family. Okay. Yeah. At the beach. I didn't go to the beach a lot because, I mean, the closest beach is like Lake Michigan, which I, which is. Wait, where are you from? Like Chicago suburbs. Oh, okay. Um, but. Like the band. Like the band, like the Chicago Transit Authority. <laughs> but, uh, great beaches. I will say, yeah, I don't know. Stuff like that. Maybe sometimes the Beatles. Definitely road trips, like we'd listen to that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, or whatever was on my iPod when I was little. Yeah. What about you, Jenny? 
you're you're definitely linked to the beach um it was definitely kokomo on repeat every <laughs> single time um no <laughs> i it's gonna be the new meme for this <laughs> <laughs> no it's a very serious song though no laughing matter um i'm very Around passionate about it to listen and then but um no i we didn't really listen to music on the beach that much we we're more of a beatles road trip family but the reason why i am so well acquainted with kokomo is because it was one of the only songs on my kindle fire for some reason so it was like the only it was that and devil in disguise by elvis so, you can listen to music on a kindle kindle fire yeah i did too i listened to bob marley on my kindle <laughs> Oh yeah, Crazy. and I played um, Puss in Boots, Fruit Ninja. So, oh yeah, me too. And yeah, Temple Run. I played Disney Pixar Brave Temple Run. So whoa, did you shoot yeah. arrows in that version? Yeah, actually you did. That's cool. Anyways, um, oh yeah, and one more thing about Little Bird. As I mentioned, it is Dennis's song. This is the first Beach Boys song that features Dennis as a solo writer um or first song first album to have a song by Dennis solely but on 2020 the f- next album which actually featured at least for its US release a song that was on this album for its Europe release um i forget what song it was but cuz i didn't write it down but anyways Dennis at this time started hanging out with Charles Manson. And yes. they were buds. Um, and Charles Manson wrote a song that's on 2020. So I don't know if there's any Manson influence on this track either. I would be surprised. But Wait, on which track? Little Bird, because it's a Dennis. Oh, and Dennis oh. was friends, famously was friends with Charles Manson. Yeah. Didn't he like live at the at the little Thing they had little family collection thingy they had possibly for a certain he, amount of time yeah he might have i mean he was definitely over there creepy weird yeah and then we go into the third track be still a minute 22 this is a very cool slowed down synthy I, I mean it's might not be a synth it might just be a mellotron or like a keyboard but just very scaled down musically which i like it's kind of like a mantra, like a med- meditation is present on this record. I literally wrote down that same thing. Like I wrote down that I felt that the song felt like a mantra or like a self-affirmation kind of thing. Yeah. Wait, like Totally. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think it's the to- exactly that. I mean, any other thoughts, guys? Um, I love the keyboard or whatever that was like a sound like a really soft organ um and i couldn't find much about it online um which at first kind of frustrated me because i was really liking what i was hearing but that kind of added to how endearing i found it um so yeah i don't know i i just found it i don't know it's very comforting very soft comfortable song um and this time, I think the fade out is acceptable and appropriate, and it didn't catch me off guard. So, do you generally like fade outs, or do you not like them? I do. I do like them. I just found found it a little awkward on some of these checks because it'd be like starting a new verse and then it'd like drop off the side of a cliff. So, 
True. That's just how I felt, though. That's how it was. Sometimes. Maybe I was just too into it. I was I was just too into the groove, and I wasn't ready to stop. Um, I didn't write a whole lot for these last few songs. Uh, busy doing nothing. Dug the melody. I liked how casual the lyrics were. Made it kind of fun. So I, I enjoyed that one. Uh, Diamond Head. I wrote that weird instrumental one with a lot of noises. Clearly, I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of that one. Um, that was my favorite track. Whoa. Oh, really? Jenny, okay. you're crazy. I'm crazy. Maybe. Yeah. And I, I hope. I feel like I'm just. <laughs> so Tom said he likes the second, uh, the B side better, but clearly I, I like the first one better because this last one I just wrote not into it. Transcendental meditation. I wish that you asked me about the beginning tracks instead of these last few for me to go. Okay, we'll go um, back to those then if you want. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> it, it didn't end strongly to me, I don't think. It started off a lot better than it ended the whole album. Agreed. And do you have yeah. an overall scarf rating? Out of 10 scarves, right? Yeah. I In the beginning, I would have given it like a 6 or 7, and then when I finished it, Maybe if five, five scarves. I don't know if that's super low. If that's, that's okay, acceptable. Yeah. That's acceptable. Jenny doesn't look happy with no. it. No, oh, we're I just. I could never the, be so low. Are we just going to be the the rating of the whole album now? Yeah, we just jumped ahead because Jack has to leave in like oh, okay. a few minutes. I just admire your boldness because even if I did think something was bad, I don't think I could have. I don't know. My goal is to get to the point where I could be so honest with myself that I could give something like an honest score like no, that. No, Jack's a good critic, I... okay? Like, <laughs> I'm. I feel like I cushion I'm my too thoughts nice. too much. Yeah. yeah. I I wish okay because I like the Beach Boys, um, and I didn't know this album before. Like I said, so I was going into it maybe with really high hopes, and it's a. F I think it's a fine album. And that didn't quite reach the high hopes that I had, so it kind of, so you know, five is right in the middle, I think. Um, yeah, no, I just I I can't really say much more about it. I thought it was fine. Didn't love any songs a whole lot, but I enjoyed. I casually enjoyed most of them. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, yeah, the. I kind of maybe expected you, not not to say that I over speculated like what you guys would be thinking for these songs, mm -hmm. but just knowing you like well since you're my friend, <laughs> I would say, yeah, like I I I was unsure at first about like giving, like doing this record for, for to have you you guys as guests, but then it was Jenny who like was like you were talking about Alanis and you were like well I think Alanis would be down to like try listening to something experimental and I was like you know what Jack being my friend I think would also be down to do that because that is what we do we do like experimental stuff sometimes or I make you like engage <laughs> in, in experimental stuff um you might not always otherwise listen or watch but yeah i'm glad that there were some hopefully like maybe one or two tracks that you saved out of the whole thing 
Well, okay, I'll say this. I enjoyed the whole process of being given this album to listen to, going through it, and then coming to the podcast and talking about it. So as a process, this was much, I love this more than the, the album itself. <laughs> Yay, friends! Yeah. That's good. That's good. I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's cool. So we'll, we can go back into like, the the be still and onward and then jack whenever you need to yeah i can i should head up now oh, okay but it was, this is i'm really glad we did this guys yeah, yes thank you for doing for this yeah. all right well, uh, fun. i wish you the best of luck on your trip back to europe thank you very much yeah. i'm glad you're back in the u.s tom <laughs> yeah bye guys bye. bye uh well just wrapping up i mean there's not too much to say about be still but what I will say is during the break, I actually grabbed a record that I love and put it up. It's Nilsson Schmilson by Harry Nilsson. And that's one other, he, I think, was, you know, starting out in the late 60s, but that record is definitely like 70s, I think at least 73. But this record also feels very Nilsson to me because it's kind of slice of life, keyboard heavy, vocal heavy because it's a Beach Boys album. And that's something I really love Harry Nilsson. That album Nilsson Schmilson. Also, he has a concept album called like I think it's called The Point or it's like it's about a character who has a pointed or no. Everyone in the everyone in the world has a pointed head, but he has a rounded head. But it's about like what's the point of it all? It's really clever. <laughs> Wait, who sings that album? Um, Harry Nilsson. That's interesting. I'll send the it to you whole guys. concept of the album is that everyone has pointy so, heads. So he has a pointed head, and everyone else in the world has a rounded head, I think. And he's like an outcast because of it, and he's bullied. But yeah, it's a cool, it's great. <laughs> I'll send it. Um, but yeah, it's very like, I don't know. It, it feels kind of the same to me. I don't know if anyone else will get that, but yeah. Um, yeah, so the next track is Busy Doing Nothing. This is my favorite track. I like it. One it's of like my favorites. It's very mundane. Like, it's very day in the life and not in a beatles way because the beatles day in the life song is like not mundane at all yeah literally um but this one it's just very it's giving like sunday morning boredom kind of yes (laughs) actually bringing back to what you said about like tyler the creator earlier i feel like Tyler, the creator, I mean, I don't know if he listens to the Beach Boys, but I can definitely see, like, influences of, like, this album on, like, Flower Boy, just because, like, I don't know, it's very, like, this album is very, like, flowery summer, I don't know. This track, too, it's, like, it has this, the, the the instruments in this track is so mesmerizing to me because the guitar is so, like, the sound of the the way the guitar was recorded sounds like i don't know it was just captured so well and it's like it feels like it was not hard to do but 
captured in such a way that like I don't know it's really hard to put into words but from the start of the track like I'm just like in it and it's a lot of it is the instrument the instruments and then the way that vocally they explain how nothing is going on in this day and it's just so relatable to me maybe it's because I have a lot of days like this but um also just the sense of how the hook of the song the chorus is like giving directions to his house oh yeah i read that like that's the real direction to his house obviously it doesn't say like the name of the street but like that's supposedly like how you get to his actual house i just yeah. thought that was interesting and i started maybe i started way over analyzing this track but i was kind of trying to read into the lyrics um because I almost think of it as like it's non-linear the way that the story is being told. Um, like I I watched like there's a YouTube video about the same theory for like all along the Watchtower how like the last verse should really be chronologically the first. I almost think it's that way with this song, because he ends the song with saying, <laughs> like lately I've been thinking about a good friend I'd like to see more of. I think I'll make a call, and then the the last hook is like picking the number out of the pocket and tr or no like you don't have the number and then he thinks of it and finally it comes to him and then he um oh i guess he doesn't get i guess he doesn't get it i never got this in the song okay my theory is spoiled so he just like that the phone <laughs> and then he gets paper and pencil to to write a letter to your to his friend but i feel like the letter that he's writing to his friend is the song or the call that he would have made to the friend is the song so like it's kind of like a looping thing if that makes sense or like where it starts is where it ends i just mm -hmm. like it i don't know yeah i read that i think that no you go <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, okay. I'll, I'll say what i was gonna say it's like really short um i read that this is the one that they had session musicians for. That oh yeah, sense. the Wrecking Crew, yeah. Yeah, yeah I did read that one as well. Um, but, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, oh, the- yeah, and their dad. Oh wait, no, that's a different song. No, the Abusive Dad one was the kind of the creepy one. one. Yeah. The yeah. um, Abusive Dad thing should like become a running joke on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the first, when I heard the first episode, like the Abusive Dad thing, like, made me cackle like, <laughs> for some reason anyways jenny back to you <laughs> um, um uh, so the base the the looping the looping nature of this um of busy doing nothing that you were talking about tom um i was just thinking how that lends itself to the the doing nothingness of this song because everything kind of blurs together um sonically um yeah. and like you i was also hooked from the introductory instrumental um because it kind of the feeling it gave me was nostalgia more than anything because it kind of reminded me of like schoolhouse rock songs um mm -hmm. it was just like fuzzy like bossa nova fantasy moment um which i think is the perfect ambiance or sound waves to be doing nothing to so i think this song is just very 
self-aware in that aspect. Um, yeah. And so it's very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, great. Great. Um, next track is the other instrumental, Diamond Head. I wrote down, I don't know if this means anything to you guys, but I wrote down Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um, it reminds <laughs> me of the, the outro to that show, the Pee Wee show, because there's like weird, like, I don't know. Oh, no, I, I'm not even thinking of the right show. Maybe that show has similar things, but I think I'm thinking of Yo Gabba Gabba now. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> But yeah, one one of those two shows, maybe both. I wrote down that it's giving pure beach vibes, Pacific Ocean, West Coast, Hawaiian shirt vibes. Yes, <laughs> yes. I I really liked it. Um, just because I don't know, it's like it's just so good, so lazy Sunday. Um, I said it's so the sun just set so your sunburn is being cooled down by the sand. Um, so elevated SpongeBob. Um, very very immersive with the nature sounds. So it's I was like, living the fantasy. It feels like you're like at the water park and you're at the lazy river, like specifically the lazy river lazy. at the water park. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also, I don't mean to, I know I kind of, like, jumped at it when you said this is your favorite earlier, but I actually like that <laughs> a lot now. Like, I've been thinking about it, and, like, I feel like tracks, like, from last episode to now, like, tracks that I didn't notice, like, you noticed more, and I think that's, like, a really cool balance, like, for just to, like, have between the two of us. Yeah. And, like, you like Little Bird and nobody else <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have, we're all a great fit so. here. <laughs> yeah, we're just polar opposites. What no, but yeah, say? I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, yeah, it's very harmonious. Um. Also, why is it called Diamond Head? Is it like a reference to the rattlesnake, or? Oh, I have no idea. I didn't even think about that, to be honest. I don't know. Or maybe that's not. It's some kind of snake. That's maybe they were just tripping. <laughs> maybe they were. Probably. I think Hi. they're under something. Were they like were the Beach Boys drug people? I mean, if they were getting into transcendental meditation and lighting incense. Uh, yeah, at least we <laughs> like at least we. The cover of this album. Yeah, sure. I think they were definitely doing psychedelics. It's sixty-eight. It's like the height of that kind of revolutionary stuff. True, but they're also talking about like having children. So, like, I mean, I guess that doesn't really matter, like... There's a lot of them, so they might be experimenting with different things. Yeah. Dennis, I know for a fact, he was hanging out with Manson. He he was always known... Yeah, one of them was in a cult, so I don't know if we can use the family thing. Well, well, he was always known to have lived the life that Brian wrote about. So all the surfing, like, he Mm. did... Like, people joke about how the Beach Boys weren't really surfers. But Brian really was kind of like, I mean, he was the one who started doing drugs, but he had a lot of things going on in his personal life that like he needed different things to cope with. And that's kind of why he says like there wouldn't be a pet sounds without marijuana. So, (laughs) yeah, and I remember my favorite track on the last album was uh, the first 
track Brian wrote under the influence of weed. So yes, exactly. <laughs> it's all coming together. And that that's maybe a good transition to the last track, Transcendental Meditation. Another track that I really liked. Really? <laughs> Okay, and we're doing the opposite thing again because <laughs> all week long I was singing it at camp today and everyone was like, what? It's so silly. It's it's really silly. And like it's it's even so like I don't know, because I feel like there's there's so direct with everything that even even with meditation, they have to like explicitly say transcendental meditation, like repeatedly. Which is like I don't know, like I feel just like, to remind you. Yeah, exactly. In case you forgot. <laughs> and it goes back. This is a track that's directly inspired by Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And yeah, which I was gonna mention. I think they went on tour with him, and then it was like they flopped. Fail. So like they had to like cancel the rest of it. Mm-hmm. They That's had, crazy. I think, five shows. They scheduled a national tour with Maharishi, and because of low ticket sales, it was canceled after those shows. Um, unfortunately, because people weren't digging it, I guess. But they clearly subscribed to this ideology, and it shows in the song. That wait, so what did the Maharishi even do, like on the tour? Like he wasn't a musician, was he? Did he just like? Go in. I think he was leading meditations and like also just maybe doing sermons and like talking, but the opener of the sermon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't remember it's it's the last or not, but it's the same thing. Like, like Ravi Shankar like played um like the concert for Bangladesh that George Harrison did. Like it, they opened with the sitar, like with Ravi Shankar, who's like unbelievable and like stuff that's so cool and in theory like hippies should gravitate towards this stuff but um sometimes it just turns out to be the musicians that really care about like i don't know the the different philosophies that aren't just western or you know in the beatles case just english um like they were really into it like all of a sudden, even though interestingly enough, not to make this a Beatles show, but Jenny and I watched Help, and it's like cultural appropriated to the max. <laughs> Jenny and I have talked about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they literally switched so fast. First, they're mocking them, like, and then they're literal India booze, like for the rest no, of their career. Like, it was like a year before they went to India or something, which is so insane. That's I, so embarrassing for them. Like, imagine know, showing up to India. Like with a serious face after making that, but it's None also like actors. not just—it's barely cultural appropriation because it's like so many different. It's not things. even a culture. It's like, like, what is this? Yeah. Also, even use like actually Indian actors. Like it was just all white people in like English, yeah, absurd costumes that did not resemble any yeah. culture. Like, Which is probably common inconsistent costumes, makeup accents storyline <laughs> it was just all over the place they just wanted to do something crazy but i bring it up because george put on the concert for bangladesh which went on to make a huge difference for that conflict in that time um and raise a lot of money and was really good but 
they opened with Ravi Shankar and it was just like um uh like they had to tell the fans they were like or no George had to tell the fans he was like you're going to hear all this stuff that you came here for but just or no I think it was Ravi at the beginning who said you're you're going to hear all the cool rock groups that you came here to see but first be patient and listen to this and like you know I, I'm sure everyone was. They didn't have cell phones or, you know, maybe some of them went to go get hot dogs. I don't know. But, <laughs> like, it's clear to me that, like, like George definitely really, uh, there was some kind of switch, or maybe not even a switch, but, you know, really cared about, like, um, that that whole style of music and spirituality and the transcendental meditation, um, yeah, I think uh I think the the Beach Boys cared about it too. I don't know how how much of them went on to practice it. But I I like that song maybe because of its silliness and goofiness just in the melody, not in like the lyrics. But even maybe mm. in the lyrics too, I guess. Just how it turns into can emancipate the man and get you feeling grand. I yeah. just wish the instrumental was a little more like like spiritual feeling like i don't know i I saw the title and then i was kind of underwhelmed by the sound of it um personally but also maybe it's because i was comparing it to the mamas and the papas track meditation mama transcendental woman travels great track and that is my mamas and papas mention of the episode wow (laughs) this is slowly turning into mamas and papas (laughs) show as well you figured me out I like it. I like the infiltration of Beatles on the right and Mamas and Papas on the other side. Yeah, it's not a bad uh, pickle to be in. Yes, uh, speaking of the Beatles again, I feel like Transcendental Meditation, I don't know why, like, it it gave me Honey Pie vibes. Like, wait, was it, is it called Honey Pie? I think it is on yeah. the White album. It's giving that one, like, I don't know, like, it's like the Muppety vocals about it. And then like the repetition was kind of giving that, I don't know, maybe. It's Have just you me. listened to um Wild Honey Pie? That's the one I mean, that's the one I mean. That's the one I mean. Yeah. The one, one where they play with, like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think Honey Pie is another song. I meant that one. Yeah, yeah. I gotta check it out. It's been too long. But, it's wow. definitely a slap to the face when it comes on your shuffle a slap to the face okay that's what i like to hear <laughs> um wow so just like that we're done talking through this album and you know i didn't have many other points i know i said i would talk through the history later but interestingly enough we like got through them just through conversation um like the only other thing I had was that this is their and maybe I mentioned it, but it's their lowest performance on the charts in the US. Um it sold very poorly. It peaked at 126. Um so it's like not known as their most successful album financially, but but apparently like people say that like it's one of their best ones. Like now in retrospect, a lot of like fans call it the best one. I think it's probably the most cohesive that we'll hear. I mean, today was a cool... It's Today is very half and half. Um, 
like and it's very clearly literally planned out that way that's what we discovered last week but this one is like short and concise and it works um it's interesting though because like with the whole tour flopping and the album kind of flopping too apparently like a lot of people were like um standing them because like they were too not experimental i guess like some people were saying that that they needed to get like more experimental which is interesting because like usually people are like this is too experimental for me and then like they don't become like mainstream or something you know right yeah you're hearing all kinds of things on both sides it's like this isn't experimental enough like we got pet sounds we got smiley smile like we want more good vibration stuff and then there's probably people that are like they're selling out like they're sounding like Crosby Stills Nash and like whoever else was popular um but really I think there's a lot of originality in this record I don't know what do you think Jenny um yeah I agree um I'd like Jack, I'd never listened to any of these tracks before. So it was a really cool learning experience. Um, and right off the bat, first impressions, the album cover is probably my favorite out of all of their album covers. Like, I just love the art so much. Like, I don't know. If I was a musician, I would want my album cover to look exactly like <laughs> that. Like, the bleeding, like, watercolors. And the, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It's amazing. And it's like, you can tell that it's like physical, um, which is refreshing. But um, yeah, I liked it a lot. I honestly liked it better than today. Um, so I kind of regret how high I made my score <laughs> last time. Because um, I feel like I just like set the bar like at a weird place. But yeah, maybe I'll change my last score. Speaking if we will cover, I... I literally read the whole like Wikipedia page on this album and for the album cover part apparently when they were when the Beach Boys were in Rishikesh Paul McCartney was like y'all have to like put more like effort into your album covers because that's really <laughs> damn like, shit yeah, pet sounds and they made that one so <laughs> wow yeah like if pet sounds had a cover like this it'd probably be like a bestseller like I mean, it all it is, but like, it it when it first came out, like I mean, we'll get to it. Uh, Wait, is the uh, Pet Sounds cover? Is it like them like petting goats, or am yes. I okay? Yes, and I think it, but, that's perfect personally. Well, it, <laughs> yeah, I've grown to like it, but but it's not really an eye catcher. It's famously hated on for that same reason, and I think Paul had a totally whole totally had a right. But this is the follow up to Wild Honey which is a great album also, in my opinion. And I think we'll have an episode about it later, much later on in the summer, hopefully. But that cover I was reading about this this afternoon is uh, taken from a picture of a stained glass window that was in Brian's studio. And I love that oh. cover too. It's so cool. Oh, yeah, I think the, I, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, and that one has Darlin'. One of my favorite Beach Boys tracks. That that has nothing to do with this, but <laughs> yeah. Shall we rate? Yes, let's rate. Who who wants to go first, Jenny? Since you kind of almost just dropped it. 
Okay, yeah, I almost dropped it, but it was it was premature. But now at the time, okay, my rating is it was originally okay. Let me change my last rating. My Beach Boys to Gary rating is now a six scarves out of ten. Um, this uh, one is was a seven out of ten, but then I added a point um for album cover art, so eight scarves out of ten is my final answer. Wow, crazy. Okay. Uh, I I guess I'll go next, and we'll leave we'll leave the last scarf rating for Alanis. Um, I actually have once again the same rating as you, Jenny. Eight scarves out of ten. Dang. Which to Dang. me seems very high, but here's why. Because I I and I'm not changing my today my today rating is still seven out of ten. Um. And not to like just always be rating everything so high, but this is the kind of stuff that I like, I guess. And this record in particular, like I didn't have too many problems with. I mean, I guess it's it's not filled with hits and like catchy tunes per se, but I just like I I just feel like it's like a, a record that I would like and I do like. And so because of that, I'm giving it eight out of ten. And because the whole backside is so great and the front side is fine to me and it goes by so fast and I drive to work the past few days like listening to it and I can almost like hear the whole record by the time I get there minus a few songs. Like, it's great. Yes! Okay, Alana, you have less than a minute. Ah! Oh, no. <laughs> um, um, oh my god. Uh, okay, y'all said 7 out of 10, right? I said 8. 8. 8. 8. eight. Okay, I'm gonna say seven because I think I really liked, like, I was gonna take off a few points because of shortness, but actually, Tom convinced me that the shortness is actually kind of like a positive thing because you can hear it like in shorter, like, so yeah, seven out of 10. I liked the, like, all the interludes were low-key, I think, like, the instrumental ones were probably my favorites after Anna Lee, the healer. Anna Lee, the healer is top for me, and then, like, passing by and the other instrumental one, and then all the other ones are, like, pretty much on the same level to me. Actually, no, I think the one about the, the really wholesome family one is cute. I like that one. What was it called? When a man needs a woman. I also yes. yeah. I think there's like I, I feel like there's a lot to analyze about what the Beach Boys friends says about American society. I don't know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like yes. I don't know. But not Alanis in her in her heteronormative analysis <laughs> era. <laughs> wrote that. I literally wrote that. <laughs> like this album is really like heteronormative family <laughs> But like again, I have nothing against that. Like not <laughs> I mean like not like I'm not promoting heteronormativity, but I'm saying that <laughs> that the album being like, aha, I have a wife, then I have my son. Like that's not bad, but it is that like whatever. Like it's cheesy, it but it's tradition, good. yeah. It's campy, traditional, whatever. And like they were they were doing something different because everyone else was like 
I heart drugs and they were like I heart family life I don't know <laughs> yeah it's say it louder beach boys <laughs> <laughs> family over drugs for real the family boys yeah. <laughs> yeah. so that's my that's my rating honestly that's great yeah because... what a great note what a great conclusion to draw yeah wow yeah i think we we de- we definitely got it all you know it's all um it's all there you know and it's a short record it's short and sweet and you know i really wanted to get more into the lore about beach boys i didn't i didn't have time to like read the entire story but i feel like for me like listening to albums is so much more interesting when you know the lore behind the songwriters and like what they're going through at the time which is probably why like I got so into the Beatles because like the lore is literally so interesting. Like we have every single album. Um, so I'm wondering what there is to learn about the Beach Boys. I still have a lot to learn. So I'm excited to see what y'all's episodes are gonna teach me about the Beach Boys. Yes. Yes. I, so good. Yeah. We Certainly. all have a lot to learn. Um, honestly, <laughs> we should watch the Paul Dano movie. That's that's how I'm gonna it's educate myself. Oh my yeah. god. He plays Yeah, he's one of the members. And it's really dramatic, of course. Um imagine okay, imagine how on theme I am with the, the Beach Boys that I am literally in front of the beach right now. Wait, you can't tell, but <laughs> in that wall there's a beach. I promise. Whoa. I wish I no, could yeah, I saw that. your I saw your Snapchat stories. I've been missing the beach like same i left and it's so horrendously gray in california right now so i'm not gonna go to the beach anytime soon but i took it for granted to continue like this literally what are these conditions well maybe it's an escape for us you know the record yeah the records are my beach so true that's so deep (laughs) thank Um, you yeah they're probably like you probably had to like readjust to not having the beach right in front of you every day right because i can't at least when i stayed in can which was in jenny's dorm it was literally like i would open i i opened the window at night and i could hear the ocean and it was so relaxing Girl, you would, like, keep the window closed and listen to lotion sounds to fall asleep from your phone. Okay, okay, um, I did do that, but, like, <laughs> I needed to say something dramatic. Like, it's, like, it, no, no, it's, have, yeah. Like, well, in theory, the you could have done that also. I did that sometimes, yeah. but it was Just the fact that you could have done it is, is yes, very yeah. moving. It's a battle with <laughs> bugs, you know? Like, if you're having the window open, then you could wake up with a million bug bites. But you're here. Yeah, you're that's sure. what I mean. Like, I <laughs> I could have done it, but instead I chose the safe way, which was just to play it on my phone and <laughs> pretend that it was coming from the window. Yeah, you're asleep. Yes. How can you tell? Exactly. <laughs> Everyone's, all the, all the old Beach Boys heads, you know, after listening to friends on vinyl are gonna you know obviously be listening to this podcast and they're gonna be like i can't believe alanis listen to <laughs> sounds on the phone fake beach boy fake beach boy 
if you uh, listen to beach sounds not from the beach i'm such a disappointment <laughs> mm-hmm. yes uh, do you no. do any of you guys have this album on vinyl no i don't have any beach boys on vinyl i have pet sounds and i think i have another one but i don't i'm not sure I'm sure there's it'll change. There's only one record store in Puerto Rico, and like I went there a week ago, and like I bought Help, I think, by the Beatles, and then I was like, "Oh, do you guys have like all these albums like from other artists?" And I made them a list, and they were like, "Okay, we we're gonna call you when we have those." And then they literally like texted me today, and one of the albums that I wanted was All Things Must Pass by. Uh, George Harrison, and it's literally a hundred and eleven dollars. Like, what is this? It's a triple album. It's yeah. I'm asking for that for my birthday because it's huge. Like it's it's insane. Like so many Sergeant Peppers, and they were like, it's fifty, and I was like, girl. And then they were like, George Harrison, a hundred and eleven dollars. I was like, oh no yeah um but yeah. it depends if it's new or used like that all things must pass just got remastered so it could be that version but yeah normally it's expensive too even if it's like the 2009 or the original like yeah it's an expensive record but i saw love you yeah. on sale for the beach boys for like five or six bucks and i should have gotten it five dollars you should have gotten that like why did you miss the opportunity i know i know um <laughs> and i will you know it just i don't know it depends like in the moment if i if i want it sometimes it just depends i don't know but i, I will get beach boys records soon and i'm tempted if i see any of the records we've been talking about i'll definitely be tempted depending on the price mm-hmm. if they're anything like that i mean and it makes sense, I guess, also, Alanis, because there's, like, crazy, there's only one record store <laughs> in Puerto Rico. Yeah, no, there's only one. Um, Unless you want to count Urban Outfitters, then there's two. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Get that K-12 through vinyl. Do you have, like, Target there? <laughs> do you have Targets? Oh, we don't. We do not have Target, because actually we have, like, this rent car rental thing that's called target so legally they cannot bring a target to puerto rico because we already technically have a target that has nothing to do with wow. the one wow what yeah. if you guys become a state uh i don't know like i don't know what's gonna happen if we become a state um that's, that's a weird really, that's a really controversial topic that i will not comment on because if my <laughs> friends see this podcast they're gonna be like you're promoting statehood so anyways oh so you're for statehood well no, kind of <laughs> whoa send it said to it. all your friends right now <laughs> um, um yeah uh yeah well um yeah that's totally another podcast discussion but um <laughs> just the statehood of puerto rico <laughs> i do think it's yes. my geography is completely off because you're on eastern time I am ahead of me. I'm on the same time as New York and Florida and all that. Shout out to the PR girlies if they're watching the extended version for some reason and they made it this far. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, actually, me and Georgie listened to this podcast last 
week. So wow. yeah, shout out Georgie. No shout out. <laughs> That's so cool. I, I we I should put that you. shout out in the original uh, in the in the uh, Spotify abridged version just so Jordy can hear it. Oh, Literally, yeah. yes, we we'll should put it right at the end, and then this theme song will start playing. Yes, yes. That was Sounds a great, good. great episode. Here, I'll stop recording now. Wait, no, but you have to do the outro. Like, you have to be like, oh yeah. Bye. Um. Well. well <laughs> Are you guys not gonna introduce next week's episode? With, like, oh, how could we? Know? Bruh, Alanis is literally a better scarves only now. This entire podcast, right literally, now. literally. Okay. I'm hoping to get my friend Quinn Robinson, uh, to talk about the gem, Beach Boys, "Love You" of 1975, the year. Um. It was shown to me by Quinn, so that's why I feel it's appropriate that we have Quinn. Also, Quinn's just like a huge music dude, so yeah, that's uh, what I'm hoping for. If it's okay with Jenny, I don't know. It, it, it's uh, not okay. Not okay? No. Oh, okay. It can't happen. Then we'll find someone. <laughs> yes, Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, okay. But hopefully, we'll see. But yeah. Thanks for reminding me, Alanis. Yes. <laughs> we'll have we'll have we'll have you back for hopefully the um the movie episode maybe since you show so much. Oh yeah, if you want to watch the Paul Dano movie and report. I'll watch I'll watch the Paul Dano movie. I love love okay. Paul Dano, so Well, listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Scarves Only Know. I'm here with Jenny and Alana's. Friend.